Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Just Friends. As always, I'm your host, Mitchell Embry, and I am super excited about this week's episode because I had the opportunity to have a conversation with a friend whom I hadn't really talked to before this in like 10 years. It's our friend, Tim Higdon. Tim brought such an amazing energy to the couch. This is a 55-minute episode. I bet you it feels like 30 seconds. It's full of amazing stories. Tim is a great storyteller. He keeps you right on the edge of your seat the whole time. And I think this is definitely one of the most humorous episodes that we've had up to this point. I was laughing the whole time I was editing it. I had a blast listening to it. And I hope you have a blast listening to it as well. So without further ado, I'm super excited to introduce to all of you guys our friend, Mr. Tim Higdon. Mic check one, two, one, two. Oh, this is over. I'm not going. Can I move in? I'll be, I'll be like your Andy Richter to your Conan. <laughs> Something about church. My dad always worked at a church. Really? Where he's the polar opposite of my mom. She's walking, cussing, smoking, drinking. <laughs> and he never drinks, never swears, never smokes. And he works at church. He's our audio technician and our stage producer. That's so cool. Then I feel like then you'd be able to do a podcast easy. I would think, but I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm bad with conversations. Like really? I ramble. I ramble a lot. Oh, okay. I get excited. I get the juice and I want to go. I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I was at church all the time growing up. And I remember I went to like the Sunday school and I just... I don't know. I didn't vibe with the kids. Then I met one of the dads. He was the pastor. His name was Chrisman. And he was really nice to church. We had a weird vibe to him. And then we went and stayed at his house one night. And he was kind of a dick. Like he was bossing his mom around. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And I was like, yeah, I'm not falling for this shit. <laughs> I know this routine. That, that happens, yeah. You know, because people, it's like we were talking about with social media. People want you to think a certain thing about them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's who they actually are. Yeah. It's easy to curate things. That's kind of I try not to put too much. Like, I'll drop my bunch of pictures on there every now and then. Because me and Brittany, we're both bad. Like, we'll go out and do shit. That's one of the things I love about her. Like, I don't, like, I don't go here. Like, I'll take my picture of this. Take my picture of this. Like, let's just do that shit. We'll remember it. And, you know, we'll get a picture too here and there. Yeah, I actually appreciate that kind of about my wife. Because she, she makes me take pictures. And she'll make me, like, don't sweat it. You can, you can move it however you want it to be moved. I'm just fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the way you've got it right now is probably the best. Like, don't talk directly into it. Kind of, like, talk a little bit past it. Mm-hmm. But, so, what have you been up to? Like, you, I mean, I feel like I haven't talked to you since, I mean, we weren't even really super close in high school. No, that's what's weird. I was thinking about it. I was like, man, because, like, I love Mitch, because you were always funny in class. I know you sweat. And in my my mind, you guys were always, like, waste. I heard you talking about you got bad grades and never thought that. I thought you were 4.0. No. Like, I, I'm pretty self-deprecating by nature. I just assumed everyone was smarter than me because I wasn't doing homework. Like, <laughs> was I was like, no matter how much effort I get, you're getting like 87% is about what I am. <laughs> if I give 100% effort, I might get up to 89. It's not worth it. Yeah. But yeah, I just assumed all you guys were way smarter. Well, Jake and, and Ryan and those guys, they really were. They put a lot of effort into it. Speaking of Jake, it was wild. I remember when I was listening to that podcast, and I was like, I don't, it's funny how you forget. Like He was my first like real best friend. We used to go over there, play Carmen San Diego on the computer. And then he had some game on, I think it was a Sega. It was a Dolphin game. And he never wanted to play it. But I was, I was like, can we play Echo? That's what it was called, Echo. Echo. So did you control the Dolphin? Yeah. And he just like, <laughs> just, and it made the noises. And I loved it. <laughs> I played it all night. But yeah, no. We stayed up. I was his best friend until, I want to say like fifth grade. But I think his dad and then my stepdad had a falling out. Something to do with the union. They were both LG and linemen. Mm. Which I've seen Uncle Curtis. I've seen him at Hoops a couple of times. And I was like, oh, shit, man. What's up? Yeah, because he's like a... He's like a big wig there now. He's like a big time. I yeah, think he's the president did. of the union. Oh, yeah. Holy and that's shit. That's what my stepdad was. I think, I'm not sure. I think I just overheard this when I was little, but I'm pretty sure their falling out was over the way my stepdad at the time won that election. 
because he had a uh, he had this dude named Mike Davis. I used to cut his grass for twenty bucks when I was little. Had him run as his vice president, but I think he only did it because Mike was black and he just wanted to get like I guess the minority vote mm. or whatever. Something kind of shady like that's what I think. Politics and work is lame. The the I currently work in a place where politics are kind of a big part of it, and it's yeah. stupid. I fucking hate it too, which is kind of ironic because now I'm doing the same thing that Donald and Curtis did. Only I'm just not with LGN. I'm a contracting company. Gotcha. But yeah, everyone's all big about the union. Oh, we need to do this and that. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be honest. The only reason I'm in the union is because I got offered the job. They pulled strings to get me in. Nice. Happy. Hey, that's that's everybody. Yeah. No, nobody gets where they are by themselves. It's always with help from somebody uh, else. That's when you were asking, like, what have I been up to? I've just been stumbling my way through. <laughs> <laughs> Not planning shit, but kind of coming out on top. Extreme highs, then some extreme lows. Yeah. Yeah, gosh, that's true. So we said that we weren't really close in high school. We weren't. And you, it, I want to get your, your perspective on this. Because my perspective is you were a part of a group. Right. That, like, had a little bit of a higher status than the group that I was a part of. What do you mean status? Like, I, like, oh, like social status? Like social status, yeah. Yeah, but we never, like, we knew a lot of people knew us, but I think I always thought people were like mainly just like laughed at us. Like, these guys are just fucking losers and they do not care. They own it. And <laughs> it's not worth it to try to fight them over it. Just let them do their thing. Yeah. Because that's what me and Zach would walk around halls in between class. I would just yell at people. <laughs> no idea. Don't know any of their names. I'd just yell every day. Hey! It was awesome. yeah. What's going on, man? <laughs> well, that's fun. I mean, if you can find somebody who's positive everybody's gonna like that person and that's what i kind of said i said like i think that that came from the fact that you guys were just a little bit more outgoing than we were yeah i also think it was because we're on the baseball team too maybe because me and zach that's how me and zach became friends actually i hated zach when i first saw him really i hated most of my friends when i first met him to be honest (laughs) they had to grow on you yeah because i didn't want to go to prp i wanted to go to shawnee actually put shawnee as my first pick PRP is my second. And they were like, you can't do that. PRP only takes it first. Well, I was like, well, I don't want to go. <laughs> my mom made me put it. She told me to put them first. And then she's like, if they don't take you, you can go to Shawnee. But I just put Shawnee first. Got accepted. Even had my class schedule and everything. And she went behind my back, talked to Mr. Johnson. And I was a PR. So I hated going there. I was like, God damn it. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Why'd you want to go to Shawnee? A uh, pilot program. Oh. It turns out it's a good thing I didn't go because I'm half blind. My left eye don't work. So oh, I have shit. no depth perception. So it probably wouldn't have worked out. Mm. But I still, I, I was resentful for my mom for that for a while. <laughs> How many people actually went to that and became pilots? Do you I, know anybody that did that? No idea. But I know when I was looking into it, they had the, one of the flight simulators, like one of two schools in the country at the time. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, you can't go to Shawnee. It's in the middle of the West End, this and that. And I was like, but they got the fucking, the, no one else has this shit. <laughs> but man, if I didn't go to PRP, I wouldn't have all my friends now. Because like I said, when I saw Zach, I thought he was Zach Osborne. We were oh. at baseball practice. And then they were like, yeah, we got one of the Valley Sports Champions here. And I was like, oh, yo, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. And just when I saw Zach, it just, he looked like that kind of person. But then the first day of practice, I realized that I was not good at baseball. <laughs> so I started eighth grade at Western High School as an eighth grader. I figured, I was like, I'll go to PRP, get some playing time, be cool. But those kids were on a way different level. I remember me and Zach were like, I think we were just throwing together, warming up. After we had done some drills, and he was like, uh... You just want to do this together because I got the same vibe from him. He was like, Jesus Christ, these motherfuckers are going crazy. That's yeah. funny. And then but, after that, we vibed together till this day. And you know, that never that didn't change because I used to teach at PRP and definitely something about the culture is like there's an, I, probably because baseball's constantly winning like state championships and yeah. shit like that. Yeah, but, that's why I was never on the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was never good at sports. I only played sports because I was like, well, fuck, all my friends are at this practice. Yeah. So if I want to be hanging out with my friends, I better go to this practice. I say I like baseball. Like I, love, I still love to play, even though I knew I wasn't ever gonna play. Like I like going to practice. It's cool being with all the guys and stuff that we got there. But you know, 
we kind of clicked. That's where the Moloch came from, was from baseball. Because mm-hmm. it starts off, you know, sophomores picking on the freshmen, playing this yeah. game called Flip. And then after, you know, the freshmen, we start manning back up, start getting some wins in. Realize like, I don't like half the freshmen either. <laughs> Everybody makes their own little clicks. There was a Wu-Tang Clan. Mm. And then there's another little click. That's not even original. It's like, no. bitch, fucking make up a name at least. <laughs> yeah. The Moloch took two years, actually, because it was a Latino alliance at first. So I got a lot of Mexican jokes. So then it was like Zach, Mel, Evan. Evan, not so much freshman year. Me and him, it took a little while for me and him to warm up to each other because <laughs> he was a real serious guy and I was always just fucking with him. I got him in so much trouble. <laughs> Evan lives on the same street as my parents now. Does he really? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I don't even know where Evan lives. I know he moved. Look, over off Nanka, like in that like Prairie Village area oh, well, over I, there. I've heard that a bunch yeah. of times. I've just never been there yet. Yeah. Uh, so, but what was high school like for you? Like, what was your experiences like while you were there? Um, I mean, I was glad I was there. At, I'm gonna say I was glad I was there. It was fun. I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, I just took it in stride. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to go. Right. But, like, I liked class because it was an AP program, so it was with the same people all the time, really. And did you have stuff going on, like, outside of high school that kind of, like, impacted your experience while you were there? Um, Not really. I mean, maybe when I turned 16, I started working. Mm-hmm. I got a late-night janitor job from my parents' company. And, then like, vacuuming night, this whole big office space off of Blakenbaker. I'd be vacuuming floors until, like, fucking 4 in the morning. And drive all the way to our house in the south end of Louisville. Then go to school like two hours later, fall asleep in class, and everyone's like, oh, you're partying. I'm like, I'm not partying, man. Making money. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get this 5.50 an hour. I hear that. I think Casey had a very similar experience. Like, he had to have a job early, and so did Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like, just because he had to help his parents, like, pay bills. Like, otherwise, they weren't going to make ends meet. Like, yeah. So, that's like, just rough. We weren't, like, poor growing up, but, you know, there was all these times, money's going to be tight. Mm-hmm. No more than one bowl of cereal, you know, ramen noodles all this week. And that's just how it was until like sophomore year. And I thought my mom and my stepdad at the time, Ronnie, I thought they started selling drugs. It was like, I don't know where we went from like, this is the only loaf of bread we're getting for two weeks, this and that. And all of a sudden we got a hot tub, a pool. She got a Ford Expedition, Eddie Bauer edition. Then he got a F-250 Super Lariat edition. And she's coming up like, hey, hey, do you need some school shoes? You need clothes for school? And I was like, no, no, I don't want anything to do with whatever you guys got going on right now. What the fuck's this about? They hit that class action lawsuit shit. Yeah. Well, they had started a company and it finally took off. They got a bunch of contracts going. Nice. And I guess it finally hit the road. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is cool. That is really cool. Like when I think back about high school, that is an interesting thing that Jake kind of brought up. Like even though we didn't, there was definitely two separate groups of people. We interacted a whole lot. Yeah. I think we were advanced program kids. Yeah. There was definitely a segregation. We, we didn't get to interact with like people who weren't in our classes. Oh, yeah, much. no. Except for like gym class. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And then after school sports and stuff like that. Which I guess, uh, I don't want to say like it inflated my ego, but it made me feel more comfortable at least. Not mm-hmm. even just because like nothing against like the regular, like Mel's in regular classes. Mm-hmm. Like, we're friends with everybody, but right. you got every class with the same 30 people four years in a row. Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay. I was like, I was always super comfortable. You knew what to expect every time going in. Yeah. But even at the end of the day, like high school sucked. It was hard for me. You're just trying to figure out who you are as a person and you don't have a freaking clue who that is. <laughs> yeah. And every single thing, because you were mentioning how like you felt like I was good at talking to people when I was in high school. I felt like I was terrible at it. I felt like every, and I still feel that way. Like sometimes like I'll make a comment and maybe this is just human nature, but I'll make a comment and then I'll walk away like, what the fuck is wrong? Oh, with that's you? every conversation I have with people to this day. I think it gets worse the older I get. Cause now like, <laughs> cause like in high school, I was actually like, I was always loud and outgoing, but it's that I was pretty reserved. Like I said, I'm always self deprecating. Yeah. But that was just, you know, that was, I knew my role and I played it well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seemed to work. I buzzed my head in eighth grade because of Eight Mile. 
<laughs> like I remember all the, all the kids on the bus used to pick on me like sixth grade they'd salute me and shit because I had a flat top like, it was Sergeant Higdon this and that and I'm like huh huh funny and I had the braces and then my brother's like I'll give you 20 bucks let me buzz your head and I was like okay and he did it and I was like I kind of like this and I just took it all the way to zero guard and then I remember uh, the bus I rode we had to ride with Western High School we were living off Rockford Lane at the time and it was me my older brother and the whole bus was like mostly black kids and there was like 10 white kids and it was weird like there's always segregated white kids at the front and all the black kids at the back because that's where the cool people sit. Mm-hmm. And we would ironically sit right in the middle. And one day they were picking on this kid in the front, throwing paper wads at him. And then some kid threw it at us. And we both just kind of turned around like that real quick. Like, not to us. Well, what's going on? And they were like, whoa, no, those guys are cool. And I was like, <laughs> oh, the buzz head, son, it works. <laughs> oh, shit. I had something in my head that I wanted to ask you, but I totally forgot. Oh, yeah. Do you know Mike Higdon? No. You're not familiar with him at all? Okay, never mind then. Fuck that. All he, my Higdon's are from Wisconsin and Michigan. You know, I worked, like, we went to high school with Mike Higdon. Like, he was kind of like a Rocky kid. Like, he played in bands and shit like that. And mm-hmm. I didn't get to know him. He's a little bit older than us. But then I worked with him for, like, three years at Starbucks. Cool motherfucker. And I always wondered, like, are they related? And I don't know. I probably asked him, but I never. <laughs> I don't remember. No, I've had people ask me out there. There was another Tim Higdon at PRP, though. What? His real name was Glenn, but he went by Tim Higdon. Oh. So, like, he actually I got him... He got me out of a little bit of trouble without knowing it. Nice. Cutting classes. I was like, oh, why were you late? Like, I was the other Tim Higgins. I was here. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> He's got a car. I'm a freshman. <laughs> I remember you and TJ always calling each other Tim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> TJ was wild, dude, man. I remember because <laughs> I wanted to ask for two years, like, what nationality? What are you? Because mm-hmm. they called him Garcia on right. the football team. Because he kind of looked, but he didn't look Mexican. He kind of looked like a mix between Indian, maybe Iranian, Middle Eastern. Mm hmm. I remember when I finally it was anticlimactic. He's like half black, half white. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah, he's like, that's it. What's that supposed to mean? You know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you don't look like it. <laughs> Do you remember our chemistry teacher? What was her name? Uh, Turner. Yeah, Miss Turner. Oh yeah, the crazy. She was crazy. One time she pulled me aside, like back into the lab, just me and her, and asked me that that exact same question, <laughs> like what is tj i was like he's a he's a fucking person. Like what do you mean what is tj? She's like no, are his parents white or black? I was like. Why does that matter? Like, I think they're gay. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Turner, I had to do a lot of laps in basketball practice because of Miss Turner. I got kicked out of lab for like the year. Her class was bullshit. She was, I don't know if you realize this, but she was always drunk. What? I can see that. Ah, looking back, I can see that. Like you could smell it on her. Remember she called Brooke Herndon like a floozy or some shit like that. Like basically, like very clearly implied that she thought that she was like sexually promiscuous, <laughs> which is not appropriate. No 10th grader should have an ass like that. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll never forget that. I was like, damn, bitch, you're not supposed to ask questions like that. You're supposed to just let the ambiguity remain and, and not be racist. But, right. So what did you do? after You went to Western Kentucky with everybody, right? WKU? Yeah, I was enrolled there for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I thought I knew I probably wasn't going to get a degree. But I was like, if I end up coming out of with one, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to ride it out. But like, I got shuttled to a building where they make you go to class. And I still wouldn't go to class there. I don't know why I thought I was going to have the self-control to make myself go there. I'm like, oh, do I have to go? Nope. All right. And the first semester was cool because it was all intro classes. Just show up on test days, ride it out. I think mm-hmm. I got like, not a 4.0, but like three A's, three B's. Right. Good. I was like, all right, college. Same shit as always. Yeah. So, the next semester, though, they had the attendance policies. And I knew nothing about it until I took a final. I showed up for an intro to public speech. Killed it because I only showed up on my speech days. And I came in for the impromptu final for like extra credit. I was like, oh, I'll give a little cool speech. He was like, what are you doing here? I'm here for the final. Give my extra credit. He was like, you failed. And I was like, ha, it's funny. I was like, I got 97. I checked it last night. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you got more than six. Every absence over six 
an excuse was like 10% off the grade or something. I was like, so what am I at? He was like, like 20. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> So there's nothing I can do about it. No, I was like, I guess I just failed intro to public speech. That sucks. I I did not have a lot of success in college either for the exact same reason. Like I thought, okay, well, high school wasn't that hard. I got through it. I didn't get great grades. Yeah. But I was able to get through it um, with a minimal effort. And I thought, well, shit, I'm smart. I'll be able to pull this off. And it turns out, no, like they actually want you to try hard. Yeah. It took me a long <laughs> time to figure that out. Let's say at PRP, I actually, because I didn't get good grades either. Like I was 2.3 at best, I think. But I always did good on tests, especially like the CATS test. Yeah. Because I, I actually got kicked out of school every year, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Because I came back sophomore year, like I wasn't on anyone's roster. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, because AP, PRP wasn't my home school. Valley was. Mm. So if I didn't maintain, it was either a 2.5. I think it was a 3.0. I had to have a 3.0 in order to keep going to PRP. But then they pulled out my test scores. They're like, oh, you got distinguished on everything except for science and uh, social st- Or No, not even social studies. I think I got distinguished on social studies one year, which is weird. So horrible at that. But they also great, you know, it's based on everybody. What's it called? Uh, the percentile or whatever. Yeah. So it's not like I probably got a lot of questions wrong, but as long as I was better than everyone else. Right. It's cool. And they're like, well, yeah, you seem to know what you're doing. You got your act together this year, right? You Plus, do your homework this year. I'm like, yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> they want those test scores bad because yeah. you got it distinguished on your junior year portfolio, didn't you? Yeah, I would have failed if I didn't. <laughs> I wrote that shit the last week of school. I was taking my laptop, my mom's laptop in classes. Like, what are you doing? I was like, I got to pass English, dog. This subject, I'm going to fail. And Miss Hunsucker, who was, oof. I remember Miss Hunsucker. Did you, we wrote a song about Miss Hunsucker. It I, was not appropriate. I wrote her a note in one of the books. And I was like, I hope next year, it was like a long note. And it was like, I just want to let you know that I love you. And the day that you whispered 69 to me was the best day of my life. Oh, I don't know that story. Tell that story. Well, she had the countdown, how many days left until the end of school. And me and Zach, we were like, yeah, we can't wait till it's 69, 69 days left. And he actually wasn't there that day, the one day he missed. But I wouldn't go into class. Like, I'm not going there until you tell me how many days left of school. She's like, Tim, get into class. I was like, nope, nope. You got to tell me how many days left of school. And she went, 69 days she gave like a, a flirty look i'm telling you she gave me what i wanted she's like six i was like yes and i was in there i was alert paying attention that day that's amazing yeah i actually saw her at lowe's not that long ago really yeah it's kind of heartbroken she didn't remember me oh <laughs> shit that sucks you know who i see or i used to see her pretty regularly was tracy issing she teaches at shawnee now I, well, i'm glad i didn't run into her i feel like i got in trouble really I mean, her and mr tatum they got fucking wild man really oh yeah yes they did uh i remember I don't know if we should talk about this, but I'm not sure if he's still teaching. But do you remember Mr. Tatum at prom? No, but I remember hearing about it. I remember like he seemed like he was having a little more fun than I was used to seeing him. He had quite a bit of fun at prom. Yeah. And he, I think he made some comments that to s- some individual yeah, I heard ladies. Tatum over here hitting on shit. I was like, that's what's <laughs> up, dog? Y'all are 18, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. His class was wild. He was a great teacher, though. I remember him being a really good English teacher. Yeah, he was a good teacher. I just I didn't like the way he sat on his desk. <laughs> like posing like and he had pictures of himself on the beach and was like yo what are you doing man <laughs> uh yeah he was uh he was concerned with his appearance that was something that was obvious about him yeah i remember I, the one time i felt bad for him rob richardson fucking destroyed him clowning put his clown shoes <laughs> on because we were talking about sports or something and mr tatum was asking rob was like you play sports he's like you look like you're only athletic left to play golf or something and like i just saw his face he was heartbroken so like, you just got served by a 15 year old that's I'm, hilarious that sucks you'd be surprised my kids make fun of me all the time Oh, yeah, that's you what I was saying, it. too. I was going to ask you, like, what's that like? Because I use I, just the fun fucking with teachers. Mm-hmm. And then you have to deal with it every day, nonstop. Those like, are the kids you like. Those are the kids I like, the ones that don't fuck with me, and I can fuck with them, and, like, I can talk shit to them, or I can cuss in front of them, and they, and they ain't going to make a big deal yeah. out of it. I like those kids. I feel like as much trouble as I got into, all my teachers liked me, too. Cause they knew. They were like, ah, I was on to the game early. I knew what it was. 
high school like it's important but it wasn't that important like i'm only here because of good test scores it's the kids who are like not going to do shit and then when you like say hey man could you try to do some shit and then they just like escalate it to 10 and they call you a motherfucker and like throw a desk across the room those oh, are the yeah. kids where you're like i don't want to deal with your bullshit. yeah i know i was never about that life but like if you got a kid if i got a kid who will make fun of me for having a little wiener yeah like that kid's my friend for sure <laughs> you got balls kid i like that <laughs> <laughs> but teaching is interesting you get to you meet some kids that are really cool and then uh you meet some kids that suck and, and you realize right away that like they suck it's not their fault they suck yeah it's like the people who made them's fault that they suck yeah and that's really sad people who made them and then like they i guess you're at a certain developmental age and like if you don't get the right shit you just you miss you miss a couple turns in life yeah and once you're too far down that road i think you can always bounce back from it but it's harder it is harder yeah and the older you get the more you're like i'm not willing to put up with that so i want to talk to you guys about about the mola because i want to do a just friends mola i think that would be super fun i don't know how exactly i could pull it off I think we would fucking love that. Because <laughs> how many people were in MOLA? Uh, let's see. The Founding Fathers. Okay. Me, Zach, and Mel. That's who I want. Because I can only do three guests at a time if I'm going to be there. There's Founding Fathers right there. Perfect. But then after that, like Evan. Cool. And then Nick. Nick actually made fun of us all the time. <laughs> but we made him come. Like, ah, you're in the MOLA, whether you like it or not. <laughs> He's the one that got us started drinking and partying and shit. And Nick did? Yeah. Oh, really? He's the little golden boy at PRP. Yeah, he's he the was. devil of the group. The uh, the back backboard is your friend guy. Yeah. And then TJ gave him the bet. Like, I bet you can't go a year without drinking. So he's like, stop drinking for a year. And I'm like, what the fuck? You can't stop drinking because of a bet with him? <laughs> like, TJ never drinks. It's nah. weird now that he does. Oh, yeah, he does. I remember because TJ and I started drinking at the same time. It was like a, we were at his, his dad's apartment. And... His brother bought like a a huge handle of Heaven Hill vodka, which is yeah. like seven dollars and fifty cents for That's like two shit. gallons. <laughs> and we were just mixing it with orange juice and drinking screwdrivers. We were like nineteen years old, and the next thing I know, I was like, "Dude, I'm I'm fucked up. <laughs> I am so." And it's the first time I'd ever gotten drunk. So I lay down on the couch and I'm about to go to sleep. And earlier that day, they had had this hot ass hot sauce, like super super hot hot sauce. And those motherfuckers put like a whole bunch of it on my mouth. I think they I brought that to out. school one day. Yeah. That shit's absurd. It was crazy. And so I wake up and my mouth's on fire and they're always like, uh, you got a hangover. I'm like, motherfucker, if this is a hangover, nobody would drink. My shit's on fire. We're in this apartment. There's nothing there. Right. Like there's no milk. There's no bread. There's nothing. I'm oh, drinking water. Nothing. I walked. It was like, so like it was over off of, uh, like if you're going down St. Andrew's Church Road, it was those apartments over there by that gas station, like on your way to Doss High School. Yeah. So there were some apartments over there. I think they were called like uh, St. Andrew's Hills Apartments or something like that. Uh-huh. I walked from those apartments to that gas station and bought some bread and milk because my shit was burning. <laughs> those motherfuckers. What time was it when you did that? Oh, it was like 2 a.m. <laughs> it was like 2 a.m. And I was all by myself because they wouldn't come with me because they were like, why are you being such a bitch? Right. I said, what do you mean? Yo, man, what kind of shit are you on if I'm bread and milk? Right. <laughs> But uh, that's funny because, I mean, like, when I think back to that time, like, you, I, I felt like you guys were having way more fun than we were having. Yeah, I think we probably were having more fun than we were supposed to be having for <laughs> sure. I think I got really focused on that. It was awesome. Yeah, that's way more fun than school. Like, I showed up for senior registration. <laughs> Half a sweatpants on because I got ripped up the night before. Couldn't find a shoe. We were at Nick's house. Put on my cutoff backwards, like chugging chocolate milk, <laughs> hung over. And they're like, take your senior pictures today. And I was like, oh, if you look at my picture in the yearbook, me and Nick both <laughs> fucked. Not fucked up still, but we're definitely feeling the effects from the last night. <laughs> and now that you mentioned that, I do remember that Nick had a lot of parties. And I remember he used to, see, that's another thing I remember about Nick. I remember this about you. I remember this about Nick. And I remember this about Troy. 
I always felt like an outsider, but I never felt like that I was viewed that way. Nick used to invite me over to his house to play music. Like we would go over there and we'd play guitar together. Yeah. He must have been, he must have felt so uncomfortable because all of a sudden I'm there. I'm super uncomfortable. I'm not participating in like this back and forth that I'm supposed to be participating in, like fr- of friendship. Cause I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know what to do. But he was so nice to me. And like, I, I haven't forgot those friendships. And that's why I wanted to get you guys on the podcast. Yeah. Cause I knew that. Like I'm 30 now, so fuck it. Yeah, like no. we it, all I can it's be friends with anybody. Yes, dude, isn't it the best? <laughs> it is the best. I was talking to TJ about this. I feel like I can remember the day that my brain finally clicked on. I was like 27, and all of a sudden, I was just like, "Man, I don't have a a college degree yet. I'm working at Starbucks. I've been working here for like eight years. Yeah, maybe I should get a college degree." <laughs> Yeah, it will come in handy a little bit. And so bit. I just did. See, I didn't know that. I just assumed, like, I figured you right out of high school, four years. Nope. Knocked it out. No, I went to speed school. I started at speed school with Jake and all those guys, and I thought, oh, this will be cool. My friends are there. Same reason I joined the football team. Yeah. My friends are there. Engineers make good money, so that's probably the right way to go. I got into speed school, started off with the same exact bullshit that I was doing in high school, crashed and burned, no success at all. <laughs> like, I was getting C's for the first semester and that was cool. Then the second semester, it was like I was kind of scraping through and I failed my first class uh, the second semester. Right. It was Calculus 2. Came back, rallied, passed Cal 2, but failed Cal 3 and was like, I don't think I can handle this. And then I dropped out and I didn't go back to school for like two years. And I ended up getting my degree because Starbucks has a program that they do now where they'll pay for you to go to college online. For real? So I didn't get my bachelor's degree until I was like 27. And basically I started at like 26 and I did pretty much my whole undergrad online. Well, see, that's funny. Cause I always thought, cause like I went to, I was at Western for, I want to say three years, maybe four. I never got more. I think 45 credits would end up with. I had, I've awesome during the fall semester. I'm O for spring. <laughs> o for spring. And now I failed. There's a class called university experience. Mm-hmm. The teacher about Freakonomics and shit. It's actually a cool class, but I just wouldn't go. I, I had the same teacher twice. He's like, man, if you just literally just show up, like, I'll pass you, man. You're a smart guy, this and that. Like, ah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I actually ended up dropping out so I can go on my deployment for the Army because mm. I had college first in my contract. They were like, yeah, for two years, you can't deploy. And when I signed up, I was like, well, that's cool. I don't want to go to war. But then you go through basic and everything and then find out your unit's getting activated. And I was like, man, I don't want to be the guy to stay behind, serving you motherfuckers lunch when you come back. I was like, I want to go. They were like, you can't. I was like, well, how do we fix that? They were like, oh, you just drop out of school. I was like, all right, cool. But I didn't know you had to actually drop out. I just stopped going to class. I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I dropped out. I stopped going. So I failed again. <laughs> so that's so. when did you join the National Guard? Was it right after high school? Um, the end of my freshman year of college. Okay. 2008. Yeah, 2008. And what was the motivation there? I don't know. My dad was in it. My stepdad was in it. My grandparents. And I was kind of had a feeling like I probably need to do it. Because yeah, I didn't know it was like I add the structure and routine to my life, but I don't know. It just seemed like something cool I wanted to say that I'd done. Yeah. And then I went and did it because I hear all the war stories from like old people basically, like when drill sergeants were beating the shit out of you and stuff. So that's what I was expecting going in. And don't get me wrong, you get yelled at a lot and shit, but like it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And you had played sports, so you were used to getting yelled at. Coaches just, all that's all they do really is just yell at you the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, I was really good at getting yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to run a lot in high school. So like I was a bigger dude by the time I went. So when I first signed up for MEPS, I went into like 210 pounds. And they're like, all right, well, you don't leave for seven months because the job you picked this and that. And I was like, all right, cool. So for seven months, I was just like, fuck it. And it was wilding out. And I got up to like 235. Like, I was big. And they said if I had to gain like two more pounds, I'd have been too heavy to go. They wouldn't have let me go. 
They were like, oh, well, you're going to Fort Benning. You'll sweat it out. And I was like, oh, I'm sure it's not much harder than home. And it fucking is. Yeah, dude, because you got skinny. I remember seeing pictures of you. And you <laughs> <Yeah>. were thin. <laughs> it was weird. Because I remember, because I would buy clothes. I bought, like, you know, XLs, everything. And the first time I bought civilian clothes after basic, I went and just bought extra large sweatpants and extra large shirt. And I put it on. I was like, gosh, damn, dude, like, this is <laughs> weird. I don't like this. It's still my ribs. But according to the Army, I was still seven pounds overweight. Really? How much did you weigh? I got the lightest I got was 165. Oh my God. But I mean, and this was after basic when I was at AIT at Fort Gordon and I didn't have money to go out on post because like, you can go out on post and everything there after you phase up. But I was paying my dad back. He was spotting me my car payments. So like every paycheck I got was just him. So I would just go to the gym, run three miles, go to the gym, run three miles. Me and this other 40 year old dude named Stetson from Wisconsin. That's a great name. Was he a cowboy? No, no, he wasn't a cowboy, but he did, he did this. He said a boot, a boot. He had like a Canadian accent. He was awesome. But he was like 40 and he was like, I'm here for the benefits, man. This and that. I lost my CDL. And I was like, I'm just here. They told me this job came with a $20,000 signing bonus. That's how I'm paying my hand back too. So, and by the time I left, after 10 straight months of just getting paid, spending nothing, I came home with like 400 bucks. Damn. But I didn't owe my dad for my car. And then the first half of my bonus, I sent it to my aunt. Because she had uh, co-signed a loan for me to go to college, which tragically ended up. So if you graduate, you don't have to worry about it. And I was like, right. I'll pay back. <laughs> Did you end up with a whole bunch of like student loan debts and bullshit like that? Not too much. That's good. But I remember like if I needed forty five hundred for tuition, they'd be like, Well, you need forty five. Would you qualify for up to twelve? And I never went all the way out. But Smart. I, was, I was like, I met him in the middle. They like, give me seventy five. I see. Yeah. Enough. You know, got a little bit. I spent most of it like almost immediately. Usually had a job while I was there too. That's the first time I got fired from a job actually was down in Western Mancino's. What was it? Mancino's, like a little sandwich shop, pizza and grinders. Oh, yeah? I was partying with the manager, my buddy Baby J. We were out the night before. Like, we were literally walking down Small House Road and we called Kaylee Embry up. We were like, hey, we're walking down Small House Road and we're hungry. We're going to try to break into every house on the way to just steal some food. <laughs> you got to find us for the costume. <laughs> and we're like, we we're joking, but we really did. We walk up to every door and this huge door, like, or this huge house, and it had these big, like, colonial looking doors. And we're like, oh, let's see. I bet this one's locked for sure. And it was open. Like, the door opened. And we looked at each other. And we're like, nah, nah, we're not going in there. <laughs> <laughs> then we just waited for Kaylee to talk a bunch of shit. But, yeah, he was my manager. And he made it to work at, like, 7 in the morning. I'd be there at 9. I didn't even come to life until, like, 11. <laughs> I walked in. And he was like, man, uh, I'm going to fire you. Like, he didn't fire me. Like, the manager actually ended up doing it. The owner, I mean. Yeah. That Damn, called. that sucks. Yeah. You were late. Well, I, I imagine there might have been some other things that had happened previously that led up to that. No, not really. really? But they had a high turnover rate there. A lot of kids coming and going. And it was Sunday. That I didn't realize the sun because Bowling Green, right in the middle of the Bible Belt, I guess. That's the big day. People coming after church. He was like, man, you left us hanging on oh. our big day. He's like, it was, it was only my second week there, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was early. Yeah, so it's like I wasn't like a hot commodity for him or anything. So how long were you in the National Guard before? Because you did a, a tour in Iraq, right? Yeah. How long were you in the National Guard before that happened? Uh, I was in the National Guard um, just a year. Like, I got out of training. I think I went to, like, six drills. And, like, my first drill, they were like, we're probably getting activated soon. And then there's you know, a bunch of bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And they're like, yeah, we're going next year. So then we started training. It felt like we were in active duty because, like, we had to do, instead of just once a year doing two weeks in the summer, we are doing two weeks every four months to get ready to get all our training out of the way from when we deployed. And it felt like, you know, I'm actually, you kind of buy in, start believing in the song from the commercials and stuff. <laughs> but then after we got back from Iraq, I went to like regular National Guard drills. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was kind of bullshit. Well, none of those guys had served, or like actually done a tour, right? Or most of them hadn't, I imagine. Oh, no, a lot of them had. Oh, a lot of them had, really? Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> all the old guys, sorry my life, they'd be like, 
because they gave us all this winter gear going over there. I was like, man, we're going to the fucking desert. He was like, when it drops down like 90 degrees, you're going to wish you had that jacket. I was like, get the fuck out of here, Sergeant Man. You know what you're talking about. Sure enough, man, the first night, sun goes down. It was like 137 during the day. It dropped down to like 92, and I was shivering around a fire, just chain smoking cigarettes, trying to stay warm. I was like, what the fuck? Because it's such a radical change, like 20 minutes. It's wild. And that is that's crazy. And he also told me he's like, yeah. And when you hit a sandstorm, it feels like there's a blow dryer on your face with sand in it. And I was like, I'm sure it's not that bad. It's exactly what it feels like. Oh my god, yeah. that's crazy. So Zach told me <laughs> to ask you about your experiences in the National Guard and some just. I, I think maybe you may have gotten into just a little, a little bit of trouble over there every once in a while. Yeah, it wasn't while I was like in uniform. It was always because the big thing was like you got to maintain your military bearing. Mm-hmm. So like when I was in uniform and that. At drilling shit, I was always pretty squared away, but it was those three weeks where I wasn't there having someone watching me because they get a list of everyone that got arrested, and I found myself in Warren County a few times <laughs> for some bullshit. Mostly, I got a DUI. That one was warranted. Like I should have went to jail that night. That was bad. But other than that, I was really just doing South End things. Like I was walking home. You know how many times I walked home drunk in high school, and a cop's like, a cop is giving me a ride home twice in high school. Right. Bowling Green, walking. I was on my street, two blocks away. I could see my house, and a cop stops me, and he's like, "Where are you headed?" I was like, I'm just walking home, officer, heading right down there. He's like, you been drinking? I was like, yeah, man, I was at a party down the road, this and that. I was like, they're all going out the bars, though. Got shit to do in the morning, so I'm headed to the house. And he was like, I got to take you in. I was like, like to my house? He was like, no, nah, nah, you go down to, like, to the jail. And I was like, for what? He was like, public intoxication. There's, there's no sidewalk on the road. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, dude. That's crazy. It wasn't like I was stumbling. Like, I was drunk, but I wasn't, like, fucked up. And you weren't doing anything Yeah, and like uh, in Louisville, else. you get, like, a high five and, like, thanks for being responsible, son. Right, you right. Know? You're being dumb, but you're being smart about it. How much do you think that had to do, and I don't mean to take it there, but I'm just curious, how much you had to think that had to do with not being white in Bowling Green? Uh, probably a lot. Yeah, that sucks. Because man. where we lived, too, it wasn't like a normal college. It was really close to campus, but everyone else on our street were like older senior citizens or like families. Because we didn't have the party house. We had like the smoke and chill house. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but at the same time, I realized like, man, if I saw me walk down the road at two in the morning, I'd probably stop me, too. Yeah, but to arrest you? Yeah, that, I, don't, that I, seems, I feel like they just got a high quota there or something. Or maybe they do. You know, that's a bullshit thing. I was ta- I talked to Dave about the book that I read, uh, or that I have, that I haven't read yet. It's Talking to Strangers. And the whole thing kind of focuses on this, uh, a, a black lady who got pulled over and then ultimately ended up getting arrested um, because of a misunderstanding between her and the police officer. But the police officer's job was literally to just pull over as many people as he possibly could. And they told them like, look for other things that you could possibly arrest this person for just because they had a quota. They See, were trying to, oh. Isn't that bullshit? Yeah. I mean, this, there's lots of broken systems like that, but working in a public school, especially working at DOS, like the majority of the population that I'm, that I'm serving in this position is not white. And, and I've never been arrested, but Keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I'm kind of out of that window now. I yeah. think, but there have been times in my life where I could have gotten arrested. Oh yeah. Like, and I think I probably didn't because I was white. I think that's why I never got too mad about it because many times I did get hemmed up. Like they didn't catch me for all the shit that I should have been arrested yeah. for. <laughs> but TJ got arrested. What? And yeah, one time. Wilding out. And I, he's he's never there's ne- not a single thing that he's participated in that I've not participated in. But he's been arrested and I've not. And I think it really, if if you had asked me when I was younger, like, oh, it's is it because he's black? I'd have been like, nah, what the fuck? Why you got to make it about race? But now I think it's really come out and I, I see that that's obvious. People need to open up their eyes. 
Yeah. And and really see that there is something like that that's going to Well, it's just like give them a chance. Like you say, if you're talking to somebody and they seem like they're just being civil, it's being pretty cordial about it. Like, you know, is he, are you protecting a servant? Like, you got to protect anybody from him? It's all right. Just having fun. Like, I went to jail for robbing a speedway. I didn't rob the speedway. So, you know, but I was walking home again. I passed by. I heard the alarm going off. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, something happened there. And I made it like two blocks. And whoop, whoop. I was like, here we go. And he was like, that's hey, crazy. Like, where are you going? I was like, heading home, running this drill again. And he was like, yeah, someone rubbed the speedway back there. I was like, yeah, I know. I, I heard the alarm. He's like, yeah, they said it was a bald person with a red shirt and white pants. And I was bald wearing a red polo with white cargo shorts. I was like, well, <laughs> was like, all right. So he took me. He actually took me to the store. The clerk was like, oh, no, no. Never seen this guy damn my life. I'm like, oh, thank God, going home. Still went to jail. What the fuck? Let me, so let me put this into perspective for you because there was something that happened to me in high school. It was me. I don't know how much you know another group of my friends, but like I was hanging out with like Kyle Platt. Are you familiar with him? The name sounds familiar, but... I was hanging out with like this dude named Kyle Platt. It was a bunch of dudes who went to Valley because TJ's younger brother, Ben Edwards, went to Valley. So I hung out with a lot of those guys too. It was Kyle, Kyle's sister, his girlfriend, Drew Johnson. We play softball with him, yeah. big, big Drew. And we were all squeezed in my little blue Honda Civic that I had back then. <laughs> and we were heading over to this highway. We we're driving down Highway 44 to go down this like old, like haunted road where like this girl who had been murdered in like the early 90s, they had found her body there. And like the story was that the road was haunted. So we were kind of into that shit at the time. We'd been going to like this, this graveyard that was supposed to be haunted. We were seeking out like uh, supernatural experiences. So we were driving down Highway 44 and we stopped at that Love's. Um, and when we pulled up, there was a blue Honda Accord that I parked right, or no, it was like a, a greenish Honda Accord that I parked right next to, and I was driving a blue Honda Civic. And we got out, and we went into this bathroom, and I walked into the bathroom, and I peed, and then scribbled in the back of, like on the back of the bathroom was like a racial slur, and like something, and I was like, this is this is not a place that I want to be. Damn Jews. Let's get out of here, right? <laughs> but I noticed while we were checking out, I bought some muffins, like some chocolate muffins and like a, a Dean's milk chug. Yeah. And that was my saving grace, actually. Um, but I noticed the people in that, there were some people who were in that green accord that were acting funny. And I, I noticed that they were acting strange, but I wasn't paying too much attention to them. So we got out of there. So like on the way back, we were like, okay, let's stop back at that Loves again uh, because I need to, some other people needed to use the restroom. And the store clerk was like, you guys can't go anywhere. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, we got you guys on camera shoplifting. Oh, motherfuckers. Right. And I was like, yeah, we definitely were not shoplifting. (laughs) And I think one of the people who we were with, it was like uh, Kyle's sister, Kirsten's boyfriend, maybe had had some run-ins with with the law a couple of times. So he was like, we need to leave. (laughs) But I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I want to get to the bottom of this. They're they're accusing us of of, of shoplifting. We did not shoplift. I'd be with Kyle Sister's boyfriend. I'm like, no, we need to fucking bounce. Right. So that's what he was like. No, he was like, you are you don't have the right perspective on this. We need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Nothing good happens when they come. <laughs> right. So we got we got in my car. We started to drive. We were about to get on 65 off Highway 44, and I heard whoop whoop. And I was like, fuck. So I pull over, and this like cop pulls up, and I remember he must have been like a bike cop because he had on like a jumpsuit, like a like a onesie that had like a badge like embroidered into the jumpsuit. And he was speaking at us through like a microphone, like a, like a loudspeaker. And he had his gun pointed at my car. Jesus. And he literally said, robbers, 
throw your keys out the window. So I was driving. I was fucking freaking out. I'd never been in a situation like that. I threw my keys out in the middle of Highway 44. They got ran over. It destroyed my key fob. From that point on, I didn't have a push-button thingy. I was super annoyed. Fucking first world problems. Right. <laughs> but they pulled us out of the car, and then they they uh, put me in the back seat of a car, and then a bunch more police officers come up, because it turns out they have to have one officer on the scene for every male in the vehicle. And there was like four of us. And they gave us like the, this whole big like spiel. They told they told us we were going to jail. They were like, you need to confess. They were like, maybe you weren't involved, but maybe these people were involved. And I was like, I don't I know all these people pretty well. I don't think that they would shoplift. It's not in their character. And they ended up letting us go. But every single one of us was white. I will say in my defense, I had my receipt. I was like, yo, man, I bought mini muffins. Yeah, I was like, I bought mini muffins and, and uh, a Dean's milk jug. Here's my receipt. But he said, we knew, we know that you guys bought something. You guys, you bought this Dean's milk jug and this these mini muffins to distract the cashiers while y'all yeah, were robbing them. It was a decoy move. Right, but they still let us leave. And I don't know why they let us leave. I don't know what it was about it. They didn't take us back to the loves or anything like that. They just let us go. It's wild. I'll say even in Bowling Green, like the one time <laughs> I was drinking with one of my buddies from an National Guard unit, Burry, and I was hammered that night. Like I was in a rare form too. I was talking shit. I was drunk. I wasn't causing any problems, but I was really fucked up. And I just bought a Corona. And this little fucker who worked at Hilligan's, a bar we were at, he was like, you're too drunk. You can't have this anymore. And he just snatched it out of my hands. I was like, yo, what the fuck, man? And I just, it snapped. I said, and Burry was like, come on, Hector, let's get out of here. And he's a big guy. He was like my enforcer when I would talk shit. So we're just walking around in Bowling Green. I just remember thinking of Friday, for some reason, picked up a big rock, and I just launched it into the darkness, and I just heard glass shatter. And then Damn. instinctively, I just booked it. Literally, I was wearing my buddy Shmi's shoes that night for some reason. Couldn't tell you why. But he does the hole where he doesn't tie them. So like, as soon as I took off, they just left in the middle of the road. So I'm running around Bowling Green in my socks, hit out in the back of some truck in a Kroger parking lot, <laughs> calling Kaylee again. I was like, Kaylee, I need you to come find me. <laughs> Your house are coming for sure. I don't know what I did. And then I kept calling my buddy Barry, and I was like, hey, man, like, I, my care, friend Kaylee picked us up or picked me up. We can come get you. And he was like, I'm in jail. I was like, you're not in jail. You're on your phone. He's like, I'm in the holding room. And I was like, yeah, no, you have your phone in there. You're right. And I was like, well, how'd they catch you? He's like, I stayed there. And I was like, you fucking stayed? And he was pissed, obviously, because I'm the one that threw the rock. And then I was over there. We went to this guy named John's house. And I was like, fuck, man. I was like, I got to go turn myself in. I was like, Barry, and we had drill the next morning, too, at like six. So I'm fucked up. And they're like, Tim, man, don't go. Like, do not drive drunk to jail. I was like, I got to, man. Like, Burry's in there locked up for some shit that I did. It was me. I got to go. So I fucking got my little Hyundai Elantra, drove fucked up to jail, parked in the, like, parked in between squad cars where they had all their cars lined up and literally rang a buzzer at, the, like, the front door. <laughs> had to ring it three times. Some lady came up to me, like, uh, hello? I was like, yeah, my name's Tim. I got to turn myself in. I, I think I broke something. I threw a rock around the square. It was downtown Bowling Green. And she was like, what? And I ran the story again. She was like, we'll send a couple officers around front. So after like 10 minutes, and it was cold too. It was the middle of December. And they finally walk out. They get my story, and they're like laughing at me. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, we got your buddy Barry in, but he's just in there for public intox. Like, you can't swap places with him. I was like, so what do I do? And they were like, well, we did get a call from the owner. It was a, uh, I think it was like a billiard room or something. Mm -hmm. Billiard room in a barbershop, something weird. But he's like, yeah, no, we got a call. Guy was pretty pissed because he had a kid in there with him. I was like, fuck. I was like, yeah, he's like, but we'll give him all your information and, uh, you know, talk to him and end up paying like 800 bucks for the window. That is exactly how I feel like it should be handled. Yeah. If well, you no, can... but I'm saying that they didn't take me to jail. Right. I was like, I'm here to turn myself in. Like, yeah. all the times you guys arrested me, I'm like, ah, I did it. They're like, ah, you seem good. We'll call you a cab. And then they called a cab. Cab, they got cold, got tired of waiting. Like, all right, we're going to leave. Don't go anywhere until the cab gets here. I was like, all right. And after like five minutes, I left. I was like, I guess I'm going to drive drunk away from jail. Like, 
how the fuck did this happen? Like, I woke up in my driver's seat with like a fucking Kroger bag around my neck full of puke. It's like, it bad. That's hilarious. But I was so upset. Oh, he was fucking pissed. Oh, I bet he was. I didn't talk to him for two years. I avoided him. <laughs> so that's that's crazy. But so what? So you mentioned back that you, you that you, we you did a tour in Iraq. Mm-hmm. How long were you there? I think we were in country for six and a half months. What was your experience like there? Uh, it was different, man. It's like it's it's like another planet. Yeah. You said that like I would be because we're running missions, driving around Baghdad, and then like you know I'm trying to stay alert and be vigilant. I was always the rear. I was the gunner in truck four. I was on the very back. So I never saw where we were going. I just saw everything behind us as we were driving away. And like you tell those people there, a lot of the older people do not fucking like us. Mm-hmm. Most of the younger people, though, like they were cool. They wore jeans and shit. They were fine. They knew pretty good English. I remember I was in a tower one day and this little kid climbed up. It was like a 15 foot tower. I didn't know how the fuck he got on it. But he climbed up and he kept waving his hand in front of his face going, you can't see me. And I was like, I can see you. <laughs> and then the guy that got in the tower with me, he knew who he said. He was like, ah, oh, John Cena. And I was like, what's John Cena? I didn't know who he was at the time. He was like, is that wrestler? He was being him. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I had no idea. But no, man, all right. it was weird though. Like I said, we'd ride around, seeing people like slitting goat's necks, like, Cause that's how they get their food every day. You gotta go to the market, you get the food for, or get the food for that meal. Mm-hmm. And like all the women did the yard work. I was watching shit like that. Like, man, this is a weird dynamic. Everything out there is weird. Like, men didn't do shit. No yard work, nothing. I just watched this lady. I don't know what she was doing in the yard. It was just dirt. She's out there cleaning shit up, <laughs> snacking shit, herding animals, and then the guy would just come out every now and then, smoke something, and walk back in. Damn, that seems nice. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, cool. It's kind of. I actually got in trouble our first dismount mission because they tell you, you know, you're not like, don't wait, don't speak to the women. You know, it's disrespectful. Yeah. And my dumbass, very first mission, we're walking through this neighborhood, and like this lady and her husband are walking down, and I can tell she's interested. They're all looking. I was like, hey, how's it going? And then she actually waved back, and he fucking backhanded. I was like, oh god, damn it, dude, I gotta fucking chill out. You can't blame yourself. That sucks, yeah. though. That is really interesting, though, because one of the things that I've experienced as an adult is until I was like 23. Like the furthest away from Louisville I'd ever been was like Paducah. And so then I had the experience of like getting to travel. I went to New York City. Yeah. And Chris Berry, did you know Chris Berry? Yeah. He was living there at the time. What? His, I never knew that. Yeah. His girlfriend, uh, or his wife now, um, she, she did, she's a dietitian and she was doing like a internship for her master's degree up there. And so they were living in New York City. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to go hang out with New- Chris Berry in New York City and spend some time with him up there. So I stayed up there with him for a while. And, uh, just hanging out and like getting to see the culture. And then what I basically realized is that they're just the same as everybody else was in Louisville. They just was had yeah. a little bit of different experience because yeah. of where they was from. There's a lot more of them. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there was. There was a lot of people. But I loved just getting to experience those different cultures and just being in a different place. And then to kind of get the perspective that like, oh, these are just people. Yeah. There's people like everybody else. And so I want it was that what it was like in Iraq is just like seeing these people and like realizing, okay, their culture is really, really different than mine, but they're still yeah. just the but same. It is as so me. different. It's almost like they're different people. Like Really? I guess like the core of their ethos, like everything that they like live their life by is just radically different than us. And you can tell, like when they look at you, like I'm bad about eye contact when I'm talking mm-hmm. to people. I'm the worst. I don't I don't know because I'm a timid guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like over there, like they stare into your soul. Like really? at first, you think they're all fucking terrorists. They look, <laughs> they look devious, man. They all look like they're up to something. They walk with their hands behind their back. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man, like we are outnumbered, son. But then like after I was there for three months and you talk to them a little bit more, you're like, okay, I get it. Like that's just, that's what they do. They look into you mm-hmm. and it, they're always judging, I feel like. Yeah. That's something I've had to work on a lot. I try to, I try to do a better job of maintaining eye contact when I'm talking to people. Yeah, I do. It's weird though, right? It, it can be weird. 
Um, like, I don't look in people's eyes unless, like, I'm pissed, which has been, like, four times in my life, I think. You know what I do? I stare at their noses. Noses? That's cool. Because that way I don't have to feel uncomfortable like they're also staring right back at me, but it kind of feels like we're maintaining eye contact. Yeah. That's just, like, a little trick that I picked up somewhere. But I really enjoy traveling now. And my wife, she travels all over. Like, those pictures that are hanging in our living room over there, you'll see them. You might not have seen them yet. They're, like, little... She took all of those on her iPhone. Mm -hmm. So she's been to... um, She's from the she's from Oldham County. Yeah, you know, that's so like, where Brittany's family's from. Really? Yeah. Um, I mess with them Oldham County folk. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, she's like the Goshen situation. She's over there. Her parents used to be in Goshen. Now they're in Prospect. But um, she had opportunities that not as many people from the South End would have had. Yeah. To travel and stuff like that in high school. So when she was young, like she did some mission trips where she got to go to South America, and she really got that wanderlust, and she really really appreciates going and seeing different places and, and having different experiences. And another thing that she really likes that I used to fucking hate, which is being in the woods. And I realize now that the reason I hate it is because like my parents would just send me out to go into the woods, but just fucking nothing. Yeah. Just like tennis <laughs> shoes and jeans and like cotton <laughs> socks. And then I, my shit would get wet and I'd get chafed and I'd have like blisters. And I was like, fucking hiking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out so I was just doing it wrong. Yeah. But like she hiked a hundred miles um, on it's called the Tour de Mont Blanc. Uh-huh. It's th- it's like in southern France and then into Italy and then a little bit in Switzerland, and so they did a hundred mile backpacking trip. So that shit's cool. It's so cool. I've never got to do any traveling outside of America. Like the only time I've left the country, I went to Mexico once to see my family, like in middle school. That's cool. Mexico they, City? No, it was Nogales, <laughs> right on the side of the border in Arizona. They didn't dig me at all. <laughs> <laughs> didn't speak Spanish. Didn't like soccer. Yeah. Of soccer. <laughs> and I know like they owned like a little gas station or not another guy like a supermarket mm. real small but then they lived in the back of it and in the back of it it was just like a big dirt room but they had a big screen tv and a nintendo 64 and a playstation i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> i was trying to like, how do you say rocket launcher in spanish <laughs> <laughs> yeah other than that though i the only time i've traveled outside of the country is just like my tour with iraq well i mean you were spent six months there so i mean like yeah but like i was doing army shit like i didn't get to go like i just ran missions every day riding around right irish Stuff and that was cool because you know I really got to get the feel for the land. But I'd like to go to Europe one day. You know, go. I really want to go to the pyramids. Oh, that in Egypt? That'd be yes. so cool. I want to break in. But it's not. Is it safe? Is that area like that kind of is more appealing to me? I like that it's not that, safe. That you like? Okay. Yeah, I think I got that problem now. Like I'm a thrill seeker. Yeah. I don't mean to be. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not until like it goes wrong. Well, yeah. Okay. Good point. <laughs> There's like a war over good there. Good point. <laughs> yes, there is. That's sad, and things just keep escalating. I don't want to talk about politics because that's just not my vibe. Yeah, I don't know. I just know they shoot a lot. Yeah. There's some shit going down. Mm-hmm. Probably not a good time to go. And I was like, well, now the prices are low. Now it's the time to go. So was your tour in Iraq like towards the end of your tenure in the National Guard or was it like in the middle? Uh, it was close to the end. It was a year away from the end. I got out probably like yeah, exactly one year after we got back, actually. Mm-hmm. And how long did you do? Was it four years? Four years. Four years, yeah. You, are you glad you did it? I am, actually. Because it was cool, like, I've never, like, structured, because growing up, it was usually, like, I had a couple of stepdads, but my parents were always working, like, I was kind of always, like, left to my own devices, and it was cool, but, like, I've never been anywhere, like, you gotta be here, and you gotta do this, you gotta do this, and that was a fucking adjustment. I was like, that's why I wear a watch now, I was late to fucking everything. Yeah. So I was like, I gotta know what time it is, you gotta know what time it is. And then, like, once you buy into it, it was cool, because I was a bigger guy, like I said, going in, but I could run well. So when you first get there, they're like, you know, we're going to do a mile run, see what it tastes. And I fucking gassed it. I was like, I got it. They're like, if you get 730 or below, you're going to be in the alpha running group, the best running group. And that was my goal. But I shouldn't have done that because all the guys, all the other guys in the A group, they were fucking like cross country runners. Like they were just like, we went on the four mile runs. They were gassing it. And I was 
back down with the B group. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what happened? I was like, I was holding my look at. Yeah, they remember my first meal. I ate the drill sergeant came up to me. He's like, yo, fat ass. I was eating biscuits and gravy. <laughs> yo, fat ass can't get no more fucking gravy when you're here. And I was like, oh, man, all right. Never saw that guy again, but I never fucking once thought about getting gravy. I was like, guess I'm done with gravy. God, I fucking hate running. And I do it because kind of like what you were talking about, like I, eventually I realized in my life, like I have to be more disciplined than I am. I have to be. Otherwise, I'm just I'm just going to end up being like, you don't realize it when you're a kid, but you can see like some people have their shit together and some people don't. Yeah, I and, do not. Well, <laughs> would you say that you have your shit together more than you used to? Yeah. Well, yeah, then that's yeah, all that sure. really matters. The only person you can compare yourself to is previous versions of you anyway. Yeah, but I have regressed a little bit. Well, so have I. I don't know yeah. if you noticed when you, when we first ran into each other. You're like, you look great. I'm about 20 pounds heavier than I was at my. Yo, me too, son. <laughs> I was at the doctor the other day. I took the scale and I was like, oh, I finally did it. She was like, what? And I was like, I'm over 200 pounds. Been like eight years. I knew this day was coming, but here we are. And that's it for episode one of our conversation with Mr. Tim Higdon. With this new format we've been doing, the two-part episodes, I really do feel like the first episode just ends too soon. But that's okay. There's way more to come. Episode two of our conversation with Tim will be available on Wednesday, so you don't have to wait a whole week. Just have to wait three days just in time for everybody who's listening to get a chance to check out episode one. Boom, episode two is going to be there. As always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, rate us, leave us a review. It's really important for the visibility of the show. And let us know what you think about this new format, this new Monday-Wednesday format that we're doing on the Facebook page or on the Instagram page or in the community group, whichever one you prefer. So the Facebook page is Just Friends Pod. The group is available through the Facebook page, so if you check that out, it's exclusive, so you're going to have to ask for permission to join and un- another member has to give you permission, so that's a little bit fancy. Or you can check out the Instagram page at justfriends.podcast on Instagram. Guys, we've got people listening all over the world, and I would love everybody to have the opportunity to interact with each other and to grow closer and to invest in one another because that's what community is for, and we just don't have the opportunity to do that now in this digital age where everybody's working constantly. So I hope you're excited about finishing up this conversation on Wednesday. And then next Sunday, we've got a really exciting conversation with our friend Troy Davis, which I know you're all excited about. And hopefully I can get a bunch more friends on the couch to do these together because they've been a blast and I'm not ready to stop doing them. As long as you guys are listening, I'm going to keep making them. So I hope you all have a fantastic week. I love you all. Goodbye. Goodbye.